We are Centrepoint Church. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Hello, my name is Chris and um, for the purpose of our podcast I'm going to sort of introduce myself again and say welcome, thanks so much for coming along. Um, Oh, I do need to mention Bibles. Today we're going to be in 2 Corinthians, chapter 5 mainly. And so I'd love you to turn to that now. And if you don't have a Bible, why don't you stick your hand in the air and uh, one of our team will lend you one. Uh, You can borrow it and uh, just keep your hand up until it arrives to you. And if you don't own a Bible, you can keep this one as a free gift from us. And uh, we've got some new ones. So uh, they look a bit snazzy too, uh, which is great. Um, So... If you were expecting Catherine to be speaking today, then I just need to apologise. It was true she was going to be finishing up our Quip series, um, but unfortunately um, our youngest daughter has been quite unwell over these last few days and um, she's, she's kind of got asthma and so she's been coughing quite a lot and we felt, yeah, it's probably not good to sort of bring this coughing child to church. And, um, but so having spoken about should, should I stay at home with the kids or should, should she, well, we were kind of chatting it through and I felt that um, actually rather than kind of talking on the Equip series that we should address this whole area of coronavirus and COVID-19 and we should talk about well what does this mean for for us as the people of God and is there any insight that we can find from the Bible to help us to navigate through this kind of um, just unexpected experience it's kind of those maybe not once in a lifetime, but it's certainly rare that we'd be going through uh, an issue like this for some time. I do love British society, though, and I've quite enjoyed over this last week seeing different people's Facebook posts. And so I've got a selection of some of my favourites, all to do with the toilet paper, of course. And so here you go. Um, These are some of my best ones. (laughs) That, uh, the toilet paper on the truck was like, a, it's actually a video, but I couldn't quite get the video to work. I love that last one, though. What would Jesus do with the uh, toilet paper run out? And um, <laughs> whilst all these things might be funny, it is good to remind us that um, just because we are Christians, it doesn't make us immune to disease. It doesn't make us immune to sickness or or ill health. Um, actually, this, this is a virus which is threatening lives and it is making people fearful all across the world, really. And even meeting here today might have been a sense of kind of anxiousness or nervousness that, that you had as you came in. And um, I know I was speaking to a few people and uh, just a little bit worried and oh, would, would anyone else actually come? Would anyone else turn up? And um, it can be nerve-wracking. And of course, um, whilst the government uh, are happy for us to meet, then we will continue to, but we are closely following um, Public Health England guidelines on our meetings. And so just it's good to remind us, you know, to continue to wash our hands, to, to try to sort of not spend too much time touching each other and when we need to self-isolate to do those things. But there is, uh, there is a lot of fear out there and yet we know that the Bible tells us that perfect love drives out fear. But as um, J. John put it, perfect fear also drives out love. 
And it's really easy to kind of see that all across our community, across the UK, even abroad, that fear is really easy to seize us in the midst of trials. And um, people can do all sorts of things and justify it because they are fearful. And um, so we kind of, it's possible to get to that state where it's just every man for himself. And so, you know, actually I need to look after me and my home. And so I'm going to make sure I go to the shops and I stock up and I, I take all the toilet rolls or, you know, take whatever I can. And that can happen. Fear can drive us to kind of do all sorts of different things that ordinarily we wouldn't do, but because we are fearful and it's a time of crisis that therefore we need to be every man for himself. And, and it's easy to kind of get wrapped up into that. It's easy for, the, the, for that to creep into the church, to creep into our lives, to creep into Christians. And we, but we know that perfect love drives out fear. And that love came from heaven above. Now is the time not for the church to be silent. But now is the time for the church to, to shine and to rise. We are made for opportunities, for, for moments like this, to be the people of God. To be a people who actually aren't, don't need, wander around driven by fear, but actually we can have peace and faith and security because our firm foundation isn't in the things that come and go and change of this world, but it's in the things that remain solid. It's important that the church is like the city of a hill on a hill, shining brightly in all its glory. And we encourage and we pray for the NHS and we want them to do their best and do what they need to do. And we pray for the government and we want them to do what they do and for the police and for schools and the education, but only the church can do what the church does. And that is to be peace bringers. It's to be hope sharers. It's to be faith stirrers and gospel givers. We are called to be the a people of God, to be the church shining brightly, even in the midst of changing seasons and so this morning I've entitled the talk now is the time now is the time now is the time not to sit back in fear but actually it's to be a people of hope and so I love the bible because it's so real and I want to be speaking um, from 2 Corinthians and it's a it's a very different situation that they're facing than we are what they were facing, they were facing a kind of situation of mass persecution. There was widespread famine in Jerusalem in one of the churches that they were connected to. The Corinthian church was connected to, so they're sending money there. There was persecution of Christians. People were, were dying because they were Christians and they were being murdered for their faith. And fear gripped the people of God, much like it's possible that it could be gripping us today. And so Paul has some words to encourage us. And actually, I'm going to read from the, the last bit of chapter four and we're going to finish in the beginning bit of chapter six so just more than uh, chapter five so we're going to start at chapter four verse 16 and uh, you can read along with me it says this therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent that we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. 
For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and we prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we're at home in the body or away from it. I'm just going to skip a few verses. We're going to go to verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And then finally, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And just into verse chapter 6, as God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favour I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. Amen? It's amazing verses to encourage us in the midst of this season. Now is the time for the church not to be silent, but now is the time for it to, it's not just to follow the ways of the world. Now is the time for that our faith, that thing that we've been built on, the thing that we've been talking through in, Corinthian, in 1 Corinthians and in Joshua, the thing that we've been meeting about every single week, that we've been gathering in life groups to talk about. Now is the time for our security to be put in its rightful place. And I just find these passages amazingly encouraging and I want to just pull out three things um, from them and then we'll come back to worship. The first one is this, that now, so titles now is the time. Now is the time for peace. It says at the beginning, uh, at, in chapter 4, verse 16, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Not on what is temporary, but what is unseen. Since what is, temp- what, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So now's the time for peace. Now's the time for that deep sense of knowing and trusting in God to shine through. The good news of the gospel is that it reminds us that even when we are on our last days, it's not the end. It reminds us that there's a resurrection hope and that can be found in Jesus. And so we don't need to fear or be afraid of the things that might uh, come against this temporary tent that we live in. We can know peace. Every single one of us, we can know peace. In the light of eternity, the current period that we're going through, the, the thing that is kind of, um, kind of prevalent in our news, in our society right now, in the light of eternity, is considered a light and momentary trouble. 
That's what these words said. Just in the same way as when the Christians back in 2,000 years ago were being murdered and persecuted, Paul writes that that was a light and momentary trouble. And so it applies to us. And so what we're called to do is, is to fix our eyes, not on what is seen, not on the sickness, the virus, the anger, the fear, the, the kind of scaremongering, the panic, the every man for themselves. No, we're not called to fix our eyes on that, but to fix our eyes on what is unseen, on the things of God, the giver of life, the redeemer of our souls, the one who doesn't sit in a lofty position, but instead descended from heaven to earth and humbled himself and came as a baby in a manger and lived the life we lived and knows what it means to suffer and to experience persecution and even to die. Most nations are used to seeing death and disease. We're not. We're quite privileged in that way. And so, therefore, it's really easy for us to kind of put the, the, our mortality almost to the back of our minds and, and to think, oh, it's never going to happen. And we can almost be in denial over it, but the facts remain the same, that every single one of us in here would experience death. 100% accuracy rate, it has. I don't know if you knew that, but it does. And so, chapter 5 says, for we know that our earthly tent that we live in is destroyed. It will be destroyed one day. And, but we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven. It's not built by human hands. Now's the time for peace. Now's the time for, for if, you, if you put your trust in Jesus, for all that to bear fruit. Now's the time for you to trust in all that you have read about in his word and all that you've heard about and all that you've talked about and all that you've chatted about in your groups. Now is a time to know God's love and his mercy in your life, to the time to trust in him. It's a time to allow his peace that surpasses all understanding, as the Bible says, to come and fill your hearts and your minds and to know that he is above it all. It's none of this is a surprise to him. It's not a time for us to, to panic and to fear. It is a time to know peace. Secondly, now is the time to shine. It says this, Now the one who has fastened us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and we prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Now's the time to shine. The Bible says, the one who has fastened us for this very purpose is God. It's like, if Christians are made for anything then they are made for trial and tribulation and persecution and famine and nakedness and sword. They are made for the purpose of enduring through these trials and troubles and trusting in God anyway through it and shining the light of the gospel in the midst of these seasons. It's by faith and not by sight. It's for times like these that God has fashioned us and has made us to be who we are in the world. And it's for times like these that he has called the church to rise forth and to be the church, the only thing that the church can possibly be. Every generation has its challenges. And every generation has had all sorts of various different challenges. The cholera outbreak in 1854, world wars, um, all sorts of different diseases that have, that have happened, natural disasters. There's all sorts of different challenges that each generation will face. And there'll be probably more than one. But this is, a, a, an, I guess, an outbreak that we are facing 
And we are, God has fashioned us for this moment. There is a moment for us as the people of God to shine and to bring his light into the world, to bring his perspective into this situation. We're not alone. It says the one who's fashioned us for this very purpose is God and he has given us the spirit. It's a deposit. It's guaranteeing what is to come. It's guaranteeing that there is a future eternal hope. And so that whilst we're in the midst of this trials, we have the spirit who walks with us and, is, and can be with us and can strengthen us and encourage us and teach us to know that there is more to life than what we see around us. There is more to life than this. And so last week we spoke about the Holy Spirit, didn't we, a little bit, and about how he is with us. And um, it was great hearing some testimonies afterwards of some healings taking place. I know Gavin, um, his shoulder's been healed. I know he shared that in his life group. And um, I think it's, it's great to experience and know what a privileged position we are in, that we can know God's spirit with us, God's presence in our midst. But, and the purpose of that is so that we know, we can be assured, we can be, the, it says in this, this few verses, that we can be confident even in these times. And so we don't need... Sunday meetings for that. We can be a people of God that in any situation, on any given day, in any moment, we can trust in the Lordship of Christ because we have the Spirit in us. Every single person who has put their trust in Jesus has a deposit of the Spirit inside them. The Bible says that uh, in Romans, one of the chapters, um, that God made us alive in Christ whilst we were still dead in our sins and transgressions. Um, a dead, if someone dead was lying here right now and I shouted them to say, get up, they can't because they're dead. And so the Bible says that God made you alive, filled with your Holy Spirit, so that you were able to respond to the gospel. It was uh, an act of God's grace who gave you the ability to respond to him in the first place because he's a loving and giving God. And so all of us have the spirit inside us and yet we're still encouraged, aren't we, to be filled continually, daily, is the kind of words that the Bible used, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to know it once again, because it's easy. We kind of leak like a sieve, don't we? And we can, and we can go out of church. You can go out to church today and you can be walking through your street and you can look on your phone and you can look at stuff and fear can start to creep back in. Even though right now you can be full of faith and yeah, this is right, yeah, this is right. And that fear can come back in. And so it's important, isn't it, that we, we regularly remind ourselves of God's goodness and his grace and reading his word. As a church, um, and as hopefully you all know, that we are following all the government guidelines with our gatherings. And uh, as Phil mentioned at the beginning of our meeting, this, we don't know, this may be our last gathering together, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the church. Far from it. Actually, we are a people of God wherever we are. And so I want to just say, you know, dare we even say we can be confident that even in the midst of trials, actually, we can know God's spirit and his presence with us and we can trust him and we can walk through these days in faith. And so verse 9 said, so we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. It's I know he means like whether we are, you know, living on this earth or whether in heaven we aim to please God. But in the same way, you know, the body of Christ is the church. And so whether we are together in a gathering with the body of God's people or whether we're away from it, actually we can know what it means to please God and we can make it our goal, every single one of us. So how can we please God? Well, the Bible, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbour as yourself. Two simple things. He said, all of the law of the prophets, the whole of the Old Testament can be summed up in these two words. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, spirit, strength, whatever. Yeah. 
and love your neighbour as yourself. So how can we love God? Well, we can love God by taking these opportunities to talk um, to our, our families about him, to pray, to read about him, to sing and worship like Hannah was doing on the side of the road yesterday, to fill our flat or our house or you know, our accommodation, our dorms, wherever we are, with his praise. Um, Catherine and I are taking the... We've been actually for several months just going through the, the whole Bible, going through one of their Bible books and just reading to them every single night and taking the opportunities to pray and um, with them and to just teach them about God and his goodness. And um, it's great. These are great opportunities for us to do that. And, you know, if we end up schools being isolated and, and work being isolated, well, we're going to be at home. We've got a great opportunity to spend time with our children and with those people around us in our in our homes and in our families or in, yeah, in our dorm rooms wherever we are to tell people about God and as um, Phil mentioned earlier Paul uh, in prison is what are they doing they're praising God they're taking the opportunity to love God and worship him and so sharing that with our housemates is a good opportunity it's good to be able to just yeah take these take these time and in order to help you um, each morning, like I did this morning, we're going to, uh, on Facebook Live, we're going to read a psalm and just pray into it. And so um, we'll probably try to do that around eight o'clock. I think I did it at half seven today. And we'll just do that so that whether you're like connecting in live or whether you are um, just connecting in later on in the day, you can listen to a psalm being read, you can, you can listen to a prayer, you can pray along together so we can just support and encourage one another. And if you're someone who's not on Facebook, well, can I just encourage you, maybe this is a good opportunity just to do that. Um, you might be sceptical about Facebook because you don't want to put up all your personal details or photos and stuff like that. Certainly don't do that. But maybe just, even if you make up a fake name and just tell us and we can add you to the closed uh, church group and then you can, just, you can just connect in with what's going on. I just think it might be worth it, but I'm going to leave that to you to decide whether you want to do that or not. It's just one way that we can encourage one another um, in just our daily walk, especially if we can't be meeting together regularly and so we can we we need to love God cherish times of him pray read our bible etc we can also love our neighbor it's important to oops it's important to be safe um let me go back it's important to be safe and yet do you know what people are perhaps are called to be to self-isolate but it's never good to be isolated might be important to self-isolate, but it's never good to be isolated. And so do you know what? Why not think about what you could do with literally your neighbours? You know, is it that you just go and pop a note into all your, you know, five doors that way, five doors that way, and just create a bit of a group WhatsApp, uh, like a little street WhatsApp? And just, you know, you can put in there, you can put encouragement in there. You know, you can just ask people if there's any needs. It's, it's all well and good, kind of people thinking, well, if you're elderly, they can just do a click and collect and get stuff delivered to them. But that requires them to have Wi-Fi and to be IT literate and to know how to do that. Do you know what? We can be our church shining brightly as we go and support those people around us that might not be able to just help themselves. We could just be... I don't know, a, a listening ear, someone who can just bring a bit of calm, a peace bringer into our communities. Um, so in 1854, yeah, there was the cholera outbreak and Spurgeon, who's a sort of a famous Christian, he cancelled all his external speaking engagements and just spent time walking around his street and just bringing hope to people. 
and just helping just calm fears and just being around, just bringing God's peace into the situation. We can do that too. In Guildford, loneliness is one of the biggest things that is an issue for us as, as a city. You know, we have the highest, one of the highest rates in the country of single occupancy homes being built here in Guildford. And people are isolated. They're on their own. Do you know what? The church can shine brightly to make a difference in these moments. Why not think about what can you do to help your neighbour, whether that's a literal neighbour or a family member or, I don't know, a colleague or a university uh, friend. Lastly, thirdly, now is the time for the gospel. It says this, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded even Christ in this way, so we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. It's so easy to think the worst of others. It's so easy to walk into Tesco's to see empty shelves and just assume that everyone else is like a greedy hoarder um, when actually all they've done is just gone into Tesco's just exactly like what you are doing to get a few things. It's easy to think badly of others. It's easy to kind of, in the midst of fear and crisis, it's easy actually to look on others from a worldly point of view. It's easy to spot the specks in other people's eyes and yet the the Bible is calling us to, regard, to not regard anyone from a worldly point of view anymore. It's to start to love and cherish other people and to think about others. It's to look to them as Christ looks on them. And then it goes on and says, you know, if anyone is in Christ, so if anyone has put their trust in Jesus, well, they are a new creation. And God has reconciled them to himself. That Through Jesus, he has brought them to him. And now, if you are a Christian, you are God's ambassador on this earth to bring this ministry of reconciliation to other people. God, like, you know, it's not, it's not the government's job to do that. It's not the NHS's job. It's not the police's job. It's not the school's job. It's not any other, it's not the accountants. It's not the lawyers. The people who have God's message of reconciliation is the church. It's me and you. It's the people that have put our trust in Jesus. That toilet roll picture at the beginning that said, you know, what would Jesus do? I kind of wonder... And I think it's really applicable here. What would he do? Well, I think he would do the things that are in his word. He wouldn't panic. He would know that now is the time to bring peace. He would know that now is the time to be loving God, trusting him and loving our neighbours. And certainly he would be leading people to himself. Now is the time for the gospel. Last night, listening to our youngest daughter, Naya, struggling to breathe was really quite hard. And... Um, it was, it was painful and we pray for her and we're obviously seeking assistance and advice for her and to make sure that she can get better. We think it's all linked to her asthma and uh, we're just, you know, obviously looking after her at the moment. But do you know what? Her greatest need and everyone's greatest need is not actually healing, it's reconciliation. It's Jesus Christ. These moments, these troubles, these times are moments where we are reminded that we are not immortal. We are mortal. And when a paralysed man was lowered to Jesus' feet, 
his friends that had carried him to there, the people around, the man himself would have been expecting, Lord, I need you to heal my paralysis so I'm able to walk again and to be active and to do things. And Jesus, he looks at the man and he knows that his greatest need actually was not the healing. His greatest need was forgiveness from God. And so he said, son, your sins are forgiven. Shock and horror. Probably all around the room. What? A, because Jesus, who are you to forgive sins? Well, he declared he's the son of God. He's able to do that. But B, because like, if you really are the son of God, surely the paralysis is the thing that is the most urgent thing right now. And yet we're reminded that no, it's not. These are tents that will perish. Maybe now, maybe in the future. Our greatest need is our eternal destiny. It's forgiveness, it's reconciliation between man and God. And we don't know what the days of head will hold. We don't know, um, what, sorry, what we do know is that the end of our mortal lives is not the end that God is in the business of reconciliation and he is called the church to be his ambassadors, to help people to know that there is one who identifies, who loves, who cherishes, who will bring them back together, who, who wants them to know him. And the world needs to do what the world does. The world needs to do all the practical stuff. We want to encourage, we will pray for the governments, we pray for all the other people, but the church can only do what the church is called to do. And that is to bring Christ's reconciliation to mankind to help people to know that they can know a loving heavenly father who loves them and cherishes them they don't need to be fearful they need to be fearful of death actually whilst of course it's not pleasant and whilst of course it's it's hard to go through especially for our loved ones especially for our children actually we can we can trust in the heavenly father who is over all things who can bring reconciliation to them no one else in this planet is called to do this the church is the one that's called to bring hope to the lonely, hope to the lost, hope to those who are desperate, hope to the sick, hope to those who are away from God and don't know him. If there was ever a time for you to share your faith with your friends, now is the time. Now is the time for the gospel. Now is the time to bring peace. Now is the time to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbours as yourself. Now is the time for this message of reconciliation. And that is to remind people that God does not hold their sins against them, but he separates them from, from themselves. As far as the east is from west, he brings forgiveness and love and hope and they can know him. This is amazing news. And he chooses to deliver this news through me and you. So as we finish, we're just going to read the final few verses that are in the first bit of chapter six. And they say this. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favour, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. Let's get the band back up. We're going to come and pray. I think it's good for us to... Um, pray for all that's going on in our nation. I think it's good for us to pray for one another. We're, we're in unprecedented days. We don't know what's going to go on. We don't know if we're going to be able to meet on Wednesday or next Sunday or in our groups. We don't know that yet. What we do know is that we have a heavenly father who's with us, who's never going to leave us or forsake us, who doesn't give up on us, who isn't absent from us or, or who also identifies with all that we're going through. He knows it all. He knows what it is to go through death. But remember, he rose again. 
He defeated death and Satan. He has power to do anything. And so we can pray for supernatural healing, absolutely. We can also pray for his reconciliation to come on this earth. We can pray for his peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray for him to be with us, to help us, to, to support those around us, to, that we can be bringers of hope and peace all in our neighbourhoods as well. And, uh, and we can pray for one another. So come on, let's stand together, shall we? And uh, I'm going to lead us in some prayer and then we're going to worship again. And uh, there's a bit of time, got about 15 minutes before the end of our meeting. So if you, you know, if you just feel God speaking to you, if you feel you've got a word or a scripture, then that's fine. There's, you know, Phil will be down here uh, to help facilitate that. But for now, should we, should we pray? So why don't you open up your, heart, your hearts to God in whatever way you feel comfortable. Hmm. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for the Bible. I thank you so much that we live in a time where it's easily accessible, where we can read your word, where we can hear about other people that have gone through similar times to what we're going through and we can be encouraged about how we should best approach these times. I thank you, Lord God, for these passages that we've been looking at today. And I just want to pray. I pray, Lord God, for every single person in this room. Lord God, would you help us to know your peace in our lives? Would you help us to be a city on a hill, not hidden, but shining brightly, Lord God, that we would be people that um, can trust in you, that can know, Lord God, that you have the whole world in your hands and even our lives. And so we just ask you, Lord God, we ask for your peace to shine forth. We ask for your church to shine forth. Lord God, we ask for wisdom. I pray, would you give us wisdom, you know, um, about how best to support one another in our life groups? You know, is it visiting one another? Is it staying away, but phoning and texting and Skyping, Lord, help us to know what is the wise thing to do in order to protect each other and to keep each other safe. But I do pray, Lord God, that we wouldn't shy away, that we wouldn't be silent, that, Lord God, we know that it's the time for your salvation. It's the time, Lord God, for your church to shine brightly in the only way that it knows how. And so I just pray. I pray, Lord God, for gospel opportunities. I pray for those moments when we're with our friends and our family, our neighbours, our colleagues, Lord God, and, and uh, they're panicking, worrying, they're asking us, why are you so much at peace? And we can say, it's not because we don't care. It's not because we're distant. It's not because we're in denial. But it's because we have a firm foundation, a secure hope, an eternal destination. We, we know, Lord God, that you are an amazing God, that you're over all things. And so finally, Lord God, we just want to come and pray. Lord, I pray for all those suffering right now. Lord, I pray for my youngest daughter. I pray for all the people in our church that maybe are struggling. Lord, I pray for those in our community. I pray, for Lord God, for all those all across, Lord God, this globe that are struggling. I pray for those that have lost loved ones and are weeping. And Lord God, we weep with those who weep. And we pray, we cry out to you, Lord God, have mercy on our nation. Have mercy, Lord God, on this planet. I pray, would you, would you break forward, Lord? Holy Spirit, would you fill this place? Lord, we know you can heal. We know you can. And so we just, we come before you. We cry out to you. And we say, Lord God, would you have your way? Lord God, we know you can do it. And so we're coming to you, the only one. Lord God, you're the only one. We're not coming to anywhere else. We're coming to you and we're trusting in you, Lord God. And whether you heal or don't heal, we will praise your name. We will worship you because we know, Lord God, that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords and we trust you and we give our lives to you. And so we give it all to you. We come to worship you again. We declare, Lord God, your name over everything. You are sovereign. We declare it today. And we ask you, Lord God, to have your way amongst us. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Please do come and visit us Sundays, 10am at the Odeon Cinema in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.